What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. So glad that you guys are here listening. I hope that you're happy, healthy, well. Hope you're doing great. Today, you're going to hear a conversation with me and Britt Siva. She's one of my really good friends and a fellow business coach in the industry. Today, we're going to talk about similarities and differences in coaches. And to be honest, you guys, I love Britt. There's not many differences, but we do do things a little bit differently. And I really think it's awesome that we're you know able to have a conversation and not agree completely completely and still be really good friends. I think that that's what we need more of in this world. You don't have to be agreeing on every single thing, you know, and I really love this episode. I really love talking to Britt. If you haven't heard of her, get out from under a rock and follow her at Britt Siva. She has her amazing Thriver Society group. She's just awesome. I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. I know you guys are going to love it. So let's get right into it. And I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, Gina, hi. First of all, I'm so excited for our chat today. Um, I feel like we could easily do this once a month. Nobody get excited because it probably is not going to happen, but I just geek out over talking to you. I'm so excited to get to connect again. The podcast that we did together for my show, gosh, it was probably in like 2019, still ranks at the top. Like it is still one of our highest tracking shows. So I'm just excited to connect again. This is going to be so fun. Oh my God. I didn't know that. That's amazing, Britt. That was a really good episode. You caught me on a day when we did that. I was like, I was super like, you know what? I don't know if I could swear on here. I was just like, you know what? Whatever. I don't care. I'm going to be like, literally just, I'm telling it like it is. And I'm always like that, but you caught me on a day. That was a good interview. And I still, I love that episode. I do too. I feel like I have that luck. I'm always like, yes, I got him on a good day. I feel like I always have that luck. That's my favorite. I love it when you come in fired up, real, open, honest. We're going to bring that today too. Totally. Thank you for having me, Britt. I'm so happy. And I love to connect with you too. I feel like you and I are definitely cut from the same cloth. We're super different in a sense of you're organized. I'm a disaster. (laughs) You know what I mean? Listen, I was telling you before we started this, I was like, if I appear organized, I'm winning. I'm equally, if not more of a disaster behind the scenes. I get it. Yeah, no, but I totally love you, Britt. You inspired me so much. And if I can just share, you know, I was driving to my 2019 class tour. This is before I ever had a podcast and I would listen to your podcast nonstop because I was like, finally, someone who freaking gets it. Um, and as a, a burnt out salon owner, I'm like listening to everything and I'm like, Oh my God, I love Brit Siva. And there's something I always say that you say, if you don't mind, I, I share Bring something it. that you say that I always will repeat. I'm like, like my friend Brit Siva says, confidence comes from knowing that you put in the work. Literally one of my favorite, it's the best people are like, how do I be confident? Confidence comes from knowing that you put in the work. That is literally the best definition of my, of the century, in my opinion, because it is so true. Like you're confident when you can do it backwards in your sleep, upside down, and you can just get it done. And it comes from putting in that work and practicing and executing. So I just wanted to share that because it's something I say every day. <laughs> I just love you to pieces. And I like, I want to just throw it right back. Like when, when you first crossed my radar, I don't even remember when it was, it's been years now. I had that same feeling like, oh my gosh, finally somebody who gets it. It was like the first time where I felt like, wow, we're actually aligned in the way that we see the industry, our value 
values, like our mindset, everything. Like you're still the only person where I'm like, I really feel like 99.9% .9 of the time you and I are like one in one in the same. Totally. And I, I think it's very rare. And I respect the fact that everybody in the industry and in the world has like differences of opinion. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to geek out with you today. Cause I think that you, you have certainly inspired me and I'm, I'm so thankful that we connected. And I think that us coming together as a couple of powerhouses, like I'm hoping we can inspire some, some people to find their confidence and like own their truth and really kick it up into high gear. I'm excited. Yeah, totally. And Britt, you know what? The fact that you and I can disagree on something that's literally an opinion and come together and talk about it like grown ass women. Yes. Like those are the kind of friends that I want. And I'm I just got off a call today with another very incredible woman. And I'm looking to build those relationships with women where we can come together. I am in, in no competition with anyone. I believe in what you do. I'm a part of Thrivers. I love what you do. I think you're amazing. Not like I have time to do anything and be <laughs> but I just wanted to support you. I was like, take my money, Britt. I love you because I really support you. And I think you're great. Um, and I'm just really grateful to connect and I know we'll have a long relationship and friendship together. So same. And I think that's important for people to hear too. Like, right. But I always say like people miss the pre-show, the pre-show is the best part, part, but we started this call. We were both like, let's just connect more. Let's talk more. Let's like support each other as what you said, like badass women up to big things and down to uplift an industry. Like, we we're in this together. We're not each other's competition, nor does anybody have to be like, can't we all be fighting for the same thing and totally. lift each other up along the way? And that's, what, that's, that's why I love you. And that's why I'm so thankful that we have connected is because it's rare to find people who truly feel like that, where we can just truly openly support each other and, you know, lift each other up in the process. I think it's exciting. I love it. Well, I know that you had people sending in what they wanted to talk about. So Let's do it. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who gave us, gave us some, some suggestions. So I shared on Instagram, I was like, me and Gina are connecting. The people got real excited. And I said, you know, we're going to talk about our values and what we see in business, where we align and where we might disagree too, and just, and talk it through. So I have a lot of topics I'm trying to think where to start. Um, let's start, let's start with, with pre-book because that is like the number one thing that I was just like, I commented on your page, on your post. And I was like, I love you so much. I just disagree. And I was afraid to write that because I didn't want to get like canceled by my friend and I didn't know how you would be. And obviously you're amazing. So like, but you know, it's always just like, instead of just being like, ew, whatever, I was just like respectfully disagree. And right. you had put out a podcast and I understand because then I heard you talking and talking and talking about it. I was like, oh, we agree. Like, it's not like that big of a deal. You know what I mean? And there was like one thing. It was like, your podcast was like the dangers of pre-booking. And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, no, how could she, what is she doing? And I honestly, Brit, like you're brilliant because I literally was posting about it, talking about it. Like I literally was like firing up people about it. I was like, what do you think about pre-book? Are you pre-booking? Are you not pre-booking? And I posted in like this huge forum, like, um, if strategy salon idea business exchange. And I was just like, what do you guys think of pre-booking? And it blew up. It like went viral in there. Um, and then we were talking about it in mastermind. I was like, no, this is not good advice. I don't like this. I love Brit. This is, I was like pre-book, pre-book. And then I heard, I listened to the podcast and I was like, okay, I get it. Um, and then I heard you say pre-booking is detrimental to your business. And I was just like, no, she doesn't. I was like, that's not what <sighs> I was just like, I get where you're coming from because there are the stylists who have the guest that does not need to be pre-booked. 
Totally. I totally get it. And then you did your fight, your quiz. It was on clubhouse. And I listened, I was like, well, let me listen to what she's saying about pre-booking now. Cause I was all pissed off. I was like, God damn it, Brit. I wanted to agree with you on everything. And I'll just be real about it. You know? Cause I just want to be like, I, I just want us to be like, yes, let's elevate the industry and let's, but it's just not like that to get, right. nobody is exactly the same. Right. And then I heard you say, let me take the pre-booking quiz. And I would love if you shared that because I know I'm putting this on my podcast too, because I believe that pre-booking is the number one way to grow your business. There are three ways to grow average ticket, frequency of visit and new clients, frequency of visit, getting your guests to purchase more and to get in the salon more. Like I totally believe that pre-booking is that number one driver. However, I don't think you should pre-book everybody. And then I heard you say that and I was just like, okay, so we do align, you know, and then I heard you do the quiz. So basically my thing with pre-booking is number one way to grow your business. If you look at your schedule eight weeks out and it's 80% full, cause you're 80% pre-booking on that week, you're going to feel way more secure if it was 80% empty, if you weren't focusing on pre-book. So what you focus on, you move towards, right? So focusing on pre-book for those dream clients that you love, who you, who you want to get in five stars. If you've got guests, if you're overbooked, if you're packed, we're going to talk about price increases later. If you're over 80% productive, that's an indicator of demand. Um, and you need to raise your prices. You may have to not pre-book these people who aren't in your specialty, who aren't your ideal customer. So um, I would love for you, because even I, like, I'm going to write it down because I learned, I still learn so much from you, Britt. Um, and I would love to just go through that because I understand where you are coming from. I don't like how you put it on the podcast as like the dangers, because I feel like some people will take that and be like, Brit Siva is God. I will just read this. They won't even listen to the episode. And that's where I was just like, Rah! like, I was like, you know, and then, um, you know, that's it. That was like the, literally, I can't think of an area that I've been like, fuck Brit Siva. Like I can never think of another area. That was the one thing I was like, um, excuse me, Brit. I hope you're not mad at me, but I disagree. Hello. Like I literally like didn't want to say it, but I also like, I had a feeling we could have a civil debate about it. And then here we are on the podcast. So that is my spiel about pre-book. I think it's the number one way to grow. I don't think everyone should be pre-booked and it's really important to know your numbers and those KPIs and a KPI is a key performance indicator, pre-book productivity, customer loyalty, retention, all of those things. Like it's important to know and pre-book is one way to just drive forward. So that's my spiel. That was great. That was amazing. And Going back to, so for those, I'm going to guess the majority of people didn't see, but a lot of people did where I shared an Instagram post about pre-booking and, and you in the classiest way were like, I see you, I hear you, but I completely disagree. And I love that because it's like, you care about me enough and I care about you enough that we can have the conversation and I can be, and immediately I was like, yes, let's talk about this. And to what you said, when you went in Facebook groups and, and started a conversation and when you went to your mastermind and started a conversation and I did the same thing, went to Thriver Society and started the conversation, look at the ripple effect that we made. It just, it makes people think. And I think that's where you and I both align, no matter what the topic is like, just don't be an autopilot in your business. Like think for a second, like maybe, maybe Gina, I'm dead ass wrong. Maybe 100%. And maybe, maybe it's horrible advice, but if it makes you stop and think that's already a win, I don't think it's horrible advice. I think that, I think what it comes down to is that there's different business models that work for everybody. And there's, there's something that you said that really stood out to me when you were talking about, um, you know, looking at your books and seeing your pre-books, I think you said for eight weeks and, and that feeling of security and 
God, can I like really empathize with that? Because as human beings, like the feeling of security is one of like our, our internal needs. Like every single one of us as humans needs to feel love, needs to feel security. Right. And that security is so crucial and important. I think, especially coming out of 2020 when nothing was certain and that felt like trash, like that feeling of security is so important. And that is what pre-booking provides. And I think for me that there is a place and space in all of our careers where pre-booking is uh, a really solid strategy because it does bring that security. It builds that base clientele. I think for a lot of people, um, either kind of in the wake of 2020 or just as their career has gone on, they may choose freedom and flexibility over that predictability or that, um, if we want to call it security, I think it's important to just realize like you're making a choice with everything we do in business, right? Like you and I, Gina, are always making choices in business. Like what's more important to me right now? Do I want to make more money or do I want to travel with my family? Do I want to put more courses and stuff out there or do I just want to ride what I've got? Like we're always at a crossroads of making choices and realizing that pre-booking is one of those things where you are making a choice as to how you want to run your business. Um, And I'd love, I pulled up the quiz as you were chatting. I was like, yes, the quiz. So I'm going to, I'm going to share it again, but then literally like, if you're like, I think this is bullshit, like, like let's, let's talk it through. So the quiz I shared on the clubhouse is um, how to know if pre-booking is working for you. This was the first, this was the first layer of the quiz. So for some people, pre-booking is great. And here's how to know if it's probably a good fit. You love the schedule you work and you wouldn't change a thing. If you're like, I'm stoked on my schedule, I'm stoked on the flow of clientele, I'm good. Pre-booking might be great for you. You love the money you make and you see significant financial growth year over year. So for me, significant financial growth is 15 to 20% or more. So meaning if you made 100K in 2018, you made 120K in 2019, something like that. You're able to fit in new guests within three to four weeks to see you. So people don't have to wait four months to get on your books. Um, You have flexibility in your schedule and are able to prioritize personal time. You don't spend two or more hours a week managing your schedule with rescheduling and cancellations. And that last one is so in alignment with what you said, because you're right. Some clients should never pre-book, like under any circumstances, not a good fit, uh, won't respect your time anyway, so there's no point in doing it. And I think where we both agree for sure in pre-booking is the idea that it's not it's not the one-stop solution. Like it's not a fit for all, it's a fit for some clients and stylists. Okay, so if you can agree to all of those things, then yes, I say pre-booking is working for you. You love your schedule. You love your money. Guests are able to get in to see you without an issue. You feel like you do have flexibility in your schedule and can prioritize like your mental health and your well-being and all that kind of stuff. Cool. How to know if pre-booking is not working for you. Number one, you struggle to reschedule guests when they cancel or want to shift their appointments because you're booked so tight, which causes clients to have to wait six to eight weeks if they have to reschedule. You're booked at least two weeks out and your income does not grow at least 20% a year. And that's one of the things that I saw in the salon, Gina. And I think that this is, um, I wouldn't say it's the exception, but I don't also, I don't think it's the rule either is that some people pre-book themselves to a fault and they've chosen security over growth potential mm-hmm. Be- because even, even if you do price increases, 
I mean, can you increase, some people can, you could probably increase your prices really well with confidence. Some people are only increasing their prices three, four, 5% a year. So then you're only able to grow your income three, four, 5% a year if you're pre-booked out that solid. So you've created this unintentional financial cap for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does it, but some people do. And I think it's, I think it's worth talking about. Um, you aren't seeing at least four new guest requests a month. And when you do see a new guest request, they have to wait four, six, eight weeks to get you in. Uh, another indicator, you don't have much schedule flexibility. You're pretty locked into your books. And if you're invited to a special event six weeks from now on a Saturday, you'd have to decline. And again, that's a personal preference. Some people are like, F that, I don't want to go to the bridal shower anyway. I'm cool, like skipping the invite. But for some people, they feel like they're missing you know, as stylists, we work a lot of nights and weekends. And for some people, it feels like they're missing too much. Um, So something to think about. You spend more time than you'd like to be managing your books, squeezing clients in and rescheduling your appointments. If, If your schedule is a nightmare, it's like the bane of your existence. It's something to think about. And then last but not least, Who should seriously be pre-booking on a regular basis? Uh, Clients who come in weekly consistently. Clients who come in every four weeks consistently, like like exactly like what you said. There's some clients who are like clockwork. They'll come in on the first Wednesday of the month at three o'clock PM and they're predictable and they're good. Um, Service packages that are three plus hours long, if this is a proven consistent guest. And if you're a building stylist with lots of rooms of room available and hope to double or triple your income this year, because to to what you said, it's the rapid growth formula. Like you can grow rapidly, especially if you've got the time to do it. And, you know, I have fear for the new, the new generation of the industry. And I don't know about you. I'm sure, I'm sure we can align on this. Um, I have a lot of fear for the new generation coming. Tell me what you, tell me what your fears are. My fears. It's very difficult to do hair now. So Um, it's always, When when did you get licensed? 2009. Okay. So you and I are in that same bubble. Like we came in around the same time. The industry looked nothing like it does now. I built my business on Groupon. That's how I became good at pricing. Yes. Yes. And because I was doing like a $49 full highlight transformation and building the ticket a la carte. And I really learned how to like, anyways, I have a lot of fear for the new industry and I worry because, you know, there's like things on, how far do I want to go with this? I saw an article encouraging people not to critically think. What? Like that, like I saw an article on like, I don't even know if it was like the New York times or something that said like, don't critically think, like, don't worry about it. And like, I feel like the new generation, I just have so much fear. So when they hear someone say, nope, don't pre-book or don't like, or whatever, and they don't do the work to listen, I have fear that a new stylist you know, less than three years in is going to think that pre-booking is not critical and they're going to wonder why they're not growing. It's like that building that relationship. So like that, a lot of my like pushback on that was fear for the new stylist, like assuming, and not everybody is going to be like that. Like there's going to be one in 10 people who are above and beyond, but those nine people who aren't going to listen to the episode, who aren't going to take the quiz and who aren't going to go and, and really think about that because those, that's like a lot of people and there's so much information, Britt. And I'm sure that you can, you know, relate, like everybody's a coach. 
coach. Everybody's an educator. Everybody has advice. There's a course for literally everything. And it's like, okay, great. I get it. And it's like, for me, I can't even listen. I, I got to turn it off and stay in my own lane and stay focused. So I know that there's just information overload and people are sitting on clubhouse for 40 hours a week, listening, 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 and not doing shit. You know, they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting there listening and then they go to do something and they've got 400 opinions in their head. And that's why I love that you and I are in the same, we look in the same direction, growth. We look in the same direction. We understand. And like a lot of us, we share a lot of community members and I feel really proud and happy for our members who like at least are listening to two solid voices to help them go forward. Um, I love the quiz and I think it's great. And I actually have a stylist at the network where pre-booking probably isn't good for her, but they don't, many of them are too afraid to do online booking. So that's a thing like that, like you have to be open for all of it or else you're going to struggle. I feel, um, I think that when we started this conversation, well, you started it. I added to it. I've been talking about pre-book forever, but you kind of fired it up. And um, I think it opened a new can of worm, worms about boundaries. Because mm -hmm. when it comes to, so um, you know, you are able to fit in new guests, flexibility with personal time. Um, like the, the, what you talked about, about like pre-booking out eight weeks. If you're booking out past eight weeks, like you're going to be stressed out on that. You know what I mean? Like there, you have to close your books and you have to learn how to say no. No right. is a complete fucking sentence. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't owe Sally anything. No one needs to know if you got a fucking vaccine. Nobody needs to know about you. It's personal. It's private. If you got to take off for a baby shower, if you have to, if I have to cancel today, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I have to cancel today. Here's my reschedule link. I don't owe anybody an explanation. I don't, I really okay. don't. I want, uh, yes, I agree with you. I want to take a time out there. How did you get to that place where you were like, F it, this is my life. No is a full sentence. And if I'm taking today off, if I'm vaccinated, if I'm not vaccinated, the choices that I make are my own and you don't have to agree with me, but this is how I, this is how I roll. Like, how did you, how do you think you got to that place? Do you want to know the real answer, Britt? Always. I'm in recovery. Yeah. I'm in recovery. And you know what? I've been putting myself last for 29 years. You know, I'm in recovery. I struggle with codependency and people who are listening to this are going to be like, oh, like, where is this going? But like, it comes from childhood shit. When you don't get what you need, when you needed it, when you were a child, my dad was in jail. My mom was never around. She was working. She was doing everything she could so we can survive. I grew up taking care of myself, raising my brother and I got bullied a lot. So like when you're living your life to be liked, and appreciated and get those things, all you do is put others first and you put yourself last and you change who you are and you change your needs to make everybody else feel good. And hairstylists, artists in general, many of us, not all of us, many of us have some kind of trauma. Creatives are very interesting human beings and they're the most amazing human beings in the world. And you know what? The fact that we're in the service business where we have to literally deal with relationships and relationships are the biggest form of uncertainty. You can't control somebody else. So it's like, we're in these relationships with our clients, with our employers, with our coworkers, and our whole life is relationships. And if you're doing it long enough, and if you've been hurt enough, like, you know, when I spend eight hours on somebody's hair and I message them and say, Hey, do you like it? And they're just like, eh, you know, I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. And then I try to make it right. And they ghost me. And it's just like, um, 
okay. Like I put my heart and so like, I'm a human being and like how people act right now. And like, that's why I have fear for the new generation because like, this is not like people aren't nice, you know? So like, we have to develop not only external boundaries with our schedules, our pricing, our, our, like what we're able to do. We have to develop internal boundaries too, to protect. It's like, I, I, I think of it as like a, uh, an armor, like silver armor around my chest and my whole top uh, like my stomach and my chest that protects my heart from the fucking poison darts that people hit me with, you know, someone can send me comments on my posts and it's like the meanest thing someone could ever say. And it's like, you know what? I can't take that to heart. So, and I'm, I wasn't like this, you know, and I had really big problems with drugs and alcohol. I have an eating disorder, sex and love addiction, like crazy fucking every 12 step program I need to be in food, everything, every 12 step program I should be in. And being in recovery, I'm very new to recovery. Like I'm still trying to do a meeting a day, you know? And how did I get to the point of that? Because if I put other people before myself, it's life or death, you know, it's life or death. And like my, my boundaries and my values have changed, you know, my boundaries, my values used to be like success and saying yes to everything, be a visionary growth, like set an example, like be a role model, like all of these things. And like, it's stressful. And now my values are more like health, love, vulnerability, boundaries, making an impact. I can't make an impact unless I put myself first and no, it's a complete sentence. And I keep saying it. Those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. You ain't going to fucking cancel Dr. Seuss. Get out of my face. Literally those who mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. And if you've got a guest, who has an issue and needs an explanation or wants to ask you a personal question. Oh, did you get the vaccine? Like that's a personal and private question. Like, did you get the HPV vaccine? Right. Get out of my face. And I understand like that people want everyone. I want my whole salon vaccinated. I would never ask them to do it. And you know what, if I'm not comfortable, I'm not going to do it, but that's nobody's, that's nobody's business. And I'm not saying I am, or I'm not because it's nobody's business. I'm on literally the middle because it's a personal and private decision. And I don't think, I think people like violating boundaries today, it's, it's a huge issue. And it goes with pricing, scheduling, all of those things. And we need to be able to say, and like, for me, Britt, I'm just going to pop this in. I'm sorry. I'm like rambling, but like, I'm a brand ambassador. I'm a beauty influencer, educator, entrepreneur. I do hair two Thursdays a month. I make people painful. I don't want people to book me. I don't, I don't market it. You know, if someone wants hair, I send them my booking link. And I'm like, I I try to price them out, you know? So I'm not pre-booking. I'm a huge advocate of pre-book, but like I close, I let people book between like three months. Like I don't schedule way out because I like freedom and flexibility too, but it took 12 years to get there. So like, you can't try to emulate somebody or try to duplicate something if you're not there yet. So like my fear for the new generation is that they were going to want to skip 10 years and try to do these things and fail and fall flat in their face and wonder like, why isn't it working or what what they're saying isn't real or isn't true. And, you know, I just have fear because it does take time and it takes boundaries and it takes a lot of work. You know, how did I get there, Britt? a freaking 10, 12 years of 29 years of a crazy ass life. And then finally after 29 years and going through a total mental breakdown, be able to say like, I'm putting myself first. And if people don't like it, get out of my life and never come back. Like I just, I'm not afraid to lose, like letting go is the biggest gift. And when you let go someone who's toxic, 20 people in your life, gifts will come floating around you like angels. Cause you have like that toxic energy out. 
It's, it's so true. I, I want to agree with literally every drop of brilliance you just shared. You gave me a huge like light bulb moment when you were talking about um, the article you read about don't use critical thinking, which first of all is terrifying. I'm the mother of a 17 year old and I'm truly terrified for her future. Despite my best efforts, I'm very nervous. And um, there is the young up and coming industry, whether you are newly licensed um, and you are, you know, it's a second career for you, or you're like my daughter who's, you know, about to graduate high school and figuring out what's next. It is a really different industry they're entering into. We are living in a different world completely. And the light bulb moment for me was that I think often I assume like, well, they know all, they're going to listen to the whole thing, or they, they've already taken into account X, Y, and Z. And I'm not always given that grace. Actually, uh, more often than not, I'm not given that grace. More often than not, somebody will hear a, a 1% of my coaching any given time. And then like I've said so openly, I didn't realize that pre-booking podcast would take off like it did. I had no idea, but you're right. If that's the only thing anybody's ever heard from me, and then they don't put it into contact with everything else. Like you said, like you said, some of your stylists aren't a fan of online booking. It is systematic. Everything in our industry that, that can create success. There's no one-off one-off thing like, oh, if you get good at Instagram, now you're going to make it. Oh, if you get your pricing down, then you're going to make it. Oh, if you, if you pick the right salon location, that's all you need. Like it's none, it is a holistic system. It's you a lifestyle. To, it's, it's a lifestyle. That's the perfect way to say it. And you hit the nail on the head too. when you said there are no shortcuts. Like I do believe it doesn't have to take, I don't know how long it took you to find like financial stability in your career. I think that for us, it was a longer journey, probably just because like this, the speed of everything seems to have condensed in the last like decade or so. However, you still have to go through all the phases. You still have to ride the struggle bus. You still have to uh, feel like you're going to tear your hair out because no matter how hard you scream that you're an amazing stylist, nobody's coming in to see you. Like you are still going to go through all of those pain points. And it's making sure that you're making the right decision at each of those critical points in your career that's going to allow you to be successful. And to what you're saying about being fearful for the next generation, what makes me nervous is patience will always be a part of this industry. I don't know if that will ever change. Like there's no magic pill. There's no um, quick fix. Like if you aren't patient, if you aren't driven, if you're not willing to find the confidence by doing the work, if you're not willing to spend the time to find the right mentors and people to follow you who are actually going to, uh, give solid advice. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a rough ride, a really rough journey. And, um, I'm, I'm nervous too. And I don't know what the answer is, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of what unfolds over the next few years. Well, you know, it's, everything is really changing with education. And yeah. I think that we're so, and you and I are like, so ahead of the game when it comes to like providing those resources, like with what we offer the industry, I don't think people realize the value of having a mentor and a coach. Um, I had mentors my entire career. Every salon I worked at, I had multiple mentors. Um, I had mentors in other states. I had people who I can call. Um, I aligned myself with certain brands, um, not hair care brands. I'm talking about like people who were like, I see you, I respect you. I want to help you grow. And I had people who cared about me, um, who still care about me. And today I'm sorry, Britt, you can't find a job. Like a lot of people can't find a, a W2 job. 
I don't have W2 positions and I'm adding them because I'm just like, shit, like that people can't find a job that like, you know, salon owners are over it. A lot of, there are very, very few one in 10 salon owners who are really doing it. I'm actually interviewing one right after this for the podcast about like how she has made a successful commission salon for so many years. And, you know, a lot of people can't even find a job. So what are you going to do to replace that mentorship? Are you just going to sit around and wait for it? Or are you going to put, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room and you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So if you're in mastermind or thrivers and you've got people around you who are overachievers, that podcast you did with the stylist, like the overachiever or the, the whole, you know, if you have those kinds of people around you and you have somebody there who you can have in your ear, the same way Robert Cromings was in my ear, I think that what you have to the new generation of stylists I don't know the cream is going to rise to the top this yeah I wish more people saw the value because you're not getting what we got nope the education it doesn't, is it doesn't exist anymore the, the world that yeah. you and I got to grow up in in this industry died it's gone and it's it's a different journey you have to walk to what you said you really and- have to figure it out sorry Brett no you're good yeah. You really just have to figure it out and get those mentors. You can't just like look in the salon, look around and be like, well, where's my mentor? It's like, are you my mother? Why two Dr. Seuss references in one podcast? I don't know. Legit. We read that book last night. My six-year-old son and I read, are you my mother last night? Yes. Are you my mentor? Will you be like someone DMing me on Instagram? Will you be my mentor? Like, are you in mastermind? Like, are you like, there's no stupid questions, Britt, but there are lazy questions. Okay. Have can we talk done- about can we talk about that DM for a second? Cause I've gotten, you and I have gotten that DM um, teen times, I'm sure. And um, my response is always the same. Will you be my mentor? I say, Hey, great to connect. What does that mean to you? I don't know, but I know I need one. LOL. What? Like that, you don't even know what you're asking me for, but you're asking me to be this fictitious thing. And I understand where they're coming from because I think there is this quest of like, I think a lot of um, stylists in the industry, new experienced, whatever are lost, like lost AF, like don't even know they're like spiraling. They're like circling the bowl, like hoping something amazing happens. And I understand how that free fall feels like it's brutal. But to what you said, you had Robert Cromings in your ear, like all the time. You need to do the work, like obsess over Gina, check out my stuff, like dive in head first into some, there is an abundance of education and information out there right now to a fault. Let's keep it 100. Like not all information is equal and there's some shit out there too, but sort through that to what you're saying, like connect with people, get referrals to mentors or programs or um, influencers or educators who are actually making an impact in people's lives. Like where they can say, listen, I follow Gina and this is what happened. I listened to Brit's thing on this and these were my results. Like you have to sort through the bullshit and find the quality stuff. And to what you said, like double down on a relationship, one, two systems max. Like you can't follow eight people and think you're gonna get to where Mm -hmm. you're going. But I always say that I'm like, focus for a year on yes, focus for a year and see what happens. You have to, you have to, and, and to think you can go it alone is, is foolish. We're not wired. We're biologically hardwired for connection. It's not real. If you want to do it all on your own, you can try, but it's not going to be the same. You need support. Everybody does. I need support for I listen to your podcast nonstop on my tour. 
when I was traveling and teaching and like changing the world, in my opinion, you know, I was listening to your podcast on my five hour drives and I was just like, I freaking love her. And you were in my ear too. Like you were one of my mentors too. So it's like, you know, there's just, there's just so much. And it's really important to start if you're the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. When I have Robert in my ear, 30% of the day, Brit in my ear for 20% of the day. And I'm doing, and then I'm executing and then I'm executing what they're saying. I'm not just listening, listening, listening. Like I love clubhouse, you guys, but like get off clubhouse for 50 hours a week and do something with your life. I'm sorry if this is tough love. I'm not sorry, but like, that is like, I see people living on that shit. What are you actually executing? Okay, do I want you-, you to come hang out in my room? Yeah. But like, what are you doing? Do like, do you work? Sorry, Brett. talk about that for 2.5 seconds because they do work. But here's the thing about Clubhouse that concerns me because I love Clubhouse too, same Z's. And first of all, this is like the most humbling experience I've ever had because I look up to you so much. So even to hear that you listen to my podcast is like very full circle, very centering to all me. All the time. I recommend oh, it right. to everybody. Love you. You're amazing. I love you too. <laughs> okay. So I was in a Clubhouse. I've actually heard this a couple times where somebody will be like, sorry, I'm actually blow a client. I don't know if you can hear me. And they're listening to Clubhouse in their ear while they're doing guests. And I'm like, are oh you, my God. if I'm your client and you're not, you're, you're talking to somebody else in your earphone, whether you're on Clubhouse, whether you're taking a phone call, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm here for you. You need to be making an emotional connection with me. What the hell is happening right now? I would like, fire, I would fire someone for that. I would fire an employee if they even look at their phone while they're supposed to be working on the floor and they're not taking pictures. Like it is so rude. So, it so it's disrespectful as a human being, like, what are we doing? How, how did we lose track of like what respect means in human form? It's like so wild to me. And so exactly what you're saying, I always think of education, information, learning, whatever in two forms, there's input and output. So you and I, I know we believe in this the same, you and I are lifetime students. So we're always looking to like learn, connect, mentorship, everything. But we also believe in output. Like you and I can listen to everything for as much as we want, but until we show up and do work, like we're doing here today, like until you show up and put in the effort and put into practice what you're hearing in the clubhouse, what we hear on our podcast, what you learn from our programs, nothing will change. So the input is great. Like you and I love input too, but we started this podcast before we even went live. You and I were both talking about like the output, like how much work we're putting in without the output, nothing will change. And I think that's a missing piece, especially for the younger generation. Is it so fun to listen to like all the fun, sexy topics. And like, it's like a rush of adrenaline. It's like a jolt, but until you actually put it into practice literally nothing will change in your business. Totally. So Britt, I have a question for you because you had asked me like, how did you get to the point where you can say no or whatever? I have a question for you because I feel like you have great boundaries. Like I feel like you, like I'll be like DMing you on Instagram. I'm like, Hey Britt, heart, heart. And it's like, you're not on there. Like, you know what I mean? You're like working. I feel like, and you have really good boundaries with like, you know, in general, in your business, like, how do you have boundaries? Like, how do you, what do you use your advice or recommendation for setting those boundaries? So, uh, first of all, same these, a lot, a lot of what you said, I was sitting here nodding. Cause I really, um, echo your experiences. A lot comes from trauma for sure. Um, um, I spent, um, uh, you know, about 32 years of my life as a human doormat, like literally like, what do you need? I'll bend over backwards for you. I'll take the heat and the pain so that you don't have to suffer. I know, you know what I'm talking about? Like overserved, same thing. My dad was gone. My mom was working as you're talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, we raised ourselves. I started working when I was 14. Same. Like I just had to figure it out. And so I've always been that way. Like 
I will take every opportunity that's given to me. I'll never say no. I'll take every open door. That was so deeply ingrained in me that it was difficult to shift and fight. And um, as a result of a couple of massive breakdowns, like I had a really dark breakdown at the end of 2020. Um, dark. I'm sorry, Brett. Very. You know what? We go through the shit. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear um, that. I mean, I hope that you're feeling better now because like that was not too long ago and nobody knows what you go through behind closed doors. And I just hope that you're doing good. You seem, you seem beautiful and amazing and great, but like, I'm sorry you went through that. I appreciate that. Um, and, and I feel, I feel pretty amazing and great, but to what you said, I had to really tighten up my boundaries as a result of that. You know how, when you have those dark periods, like it does, you go through the shit and first of all, you feel like garbage for a minute, but then you take a look around and you're like, how the hell did I get here? How do I make sure that I don't continue walking this path and that I, I get to a better, stronger place. And in going through times like that, I've realized like, I can't be everything to everybody and choosing. What is that saying about like 20% of your efforts will produce 80% of the results. I have just lived that so often that the closer you can get to that 20%, the happier you'll be. And to what you were saying, I cut a lot of toxic people out of my life. Sorry about it. If you were one of the people I'm wishing you the best, but can't do it. Bye. Can't do it. Hope, hope everything works out for you, but I'm not going to be the doormat for you anymore. And so the, the, the thing, the thing about that's hard is that it, it makes me feel crappy that like, you like you're somebody like you reach out and DM. I want to be there for you because I I love you. And that's the hard part is it's like having the boundaries of even sometimes saying no to the stuff where you're like, God, I'd love to do that. But my 20% is here right now. That's the hard shit. And I'd love to be like, and I've got it all dialed in and it feels great. It doesn't always feel great, but at I think in life, everything is reason, season, or lifetime. And right now I'm in this season where unless I'm fully focused and unless I'm, I'm like staying in the zone where I'm actually getting to where I want to be, I could so easily slip back, back into a really nasty place that that feels too risky to me. Like I'm not willing to risk it. And so the boundaries to what you were saying, the boundaries feel like my lifeline. Like that's, that's how I'll keep my marriage intact. That's how I'll stay a good mother. Like it's, it goes down to the fundamental things. Like, I don't know about you. But I had this conversation with myself where I was like, I could literally lose everything. I could lose the coaching business. I could lose the industry. Everybody could decide they hate me. I could lose my job. I could go broke, all of it. As long as I have like my kids, my husband, my mental health, my sanity, I don't really give a shit about that that much else. You know what I mean? Like I want all the other things. It's cool. But when you get down to the foundation of like what makes me actually happy, yes, those things start to become really clear. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And I'm working on that. That's something that it's like, you know, one of the things I'm working on right now is how much do I need? Oh, yes. Yes. That's a big one because once you decide and it's like when you, I've been growing a hundred percent year over year, 2020, yep. let's not talk about, but you know, no, we, don't talk about growing, that we don't talk about that in business. You don't want to see my fucking, I looked at Shopify, I looked at Shopify and it was like me. I was like, oh my God, like I can't even look. Um, but I've been growing year over year over year. And that growth is very, like one of my primary needs is growth. You know what I mean? I do like the six human needs and the, the, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I love growth and it's like something that like turns me on. Like, I just love it. And, um, you know, just figuring out like what is enough Mm. and okay. How do I get this? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, can we talk about that for a second? Like, oh my God, you're, you're getting all the feels for me. Like the, what is enough? I don't know what enough is. Like, that is so hard for me. Like, I don't know me if too. I've ever actually like achieved the result I'm looking for. There's always a more. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I read this thing. I posted it in Mastermind the other day. It was like just a YouTube video. So, because all we do is watch YouTube now. We watch Joe Rogan, the news, and you and um, Who watches like, TV. Like, what I know, you- we just we just watch YouTube. And one of the things that came up, it was like some I forget the name of it, but it said the secret to life, the reason for living, the meaning of life is to be alive. Mm-hmm. That's it. And all of us run around trying to find a bigger reason and search outside of ourselves when this it's as simple as it's just to be alive. And like when you grow up with so many struggles and like that self-esteem and you have no self-esteem, like that was something I learned in rehab. I don't have self-esteem. Like I grew up with like little holes in my heart and then I filled them up with what other people said about me. And I was bullied a lot. Um, and I had like a lot of trauma. So like, I didn't have like a proper, like I am beautiful. I am amazing. I am strong. I am powerful. Like I am worthy of being here. I'm worthy of taking up space here. Like my voice matters. I didn't have that. So literally like I look for outer esteem, money, status, likes, all of this vanity, fucking bullshit Brit. And like, I'm at the point now where it's just like, I love my community and I'm sure you feel the same with yours. Like I've got my people, I've got my tribe. I don't care if it grows quickly. I don't care if it grows slowly. I don't care if people unsubscribe. What I care about is the people who want to be on this ride with me. Um, and it keeps me way less overwhelmed with trying to have to do everything all at once. Same. I love that. And I hope you know now that you're beautiful and intelligent and amazing and inspiring and impactful and all the things because you are. I love you. You're just so amazing. I love that we can connect as like, you know, who we are and there's no competition. It's really just all love. And I'm just really happy for you and proud of you that you set boundaries. I look up to you. I always will. I think you're great. I disagreed with you on one thing and I was very vocal about it to myself. I was like, what the fuck is she doing? I was like, how dare she? <laughs> I love that you love me enough to give it to me straight. Like to what you said, yeah. like, that's a real friendship. Like that's, that's (laughs) real, real. And I hope we can keep like going down this journey together because I have so much respect for you. I look up to you. Um, I learned so much from you in just our time together today. And like, uh, I took so much away from this. Same a hundred. Like, I feel like you took me to church today. Like, I'm like, I'm like on a high now after our conversation. Like I had so many breakthrough moments and like a little more respect for myself and You're amazing. I think you're great, Brett. I think you're really doing it. And I'm really proud to be in the same category as you. Um, I feel like we are in the same category as business educators and coaches. And I think we're doing a really fucking awesome job. And I hope we collaborate more. I'm excited to be on Thrivers um, and your Thrivers Live. I'm so thrilled that you even asked me. I'm honored. Um, Well, you were like first person. I was like, how do I get Gina top of my list? Yeah, no, you got me and I'm going to kill it. Like I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So thank you for, for the opportunity to come on your show. I'm excited to put this on the Gina Bianca podcast so everyone can listen to, and I'm just so grateful, Britt. And, you know, cheers to many more. Cheers to many more friends.